Today, we dive into running a bundle giveaway, launching an activity book, and using Airtable to organize all of your work. Next on Make and Bacon. Hey there, I'm Jason Logston, and this is Making Bacon, where I'll help you serve your fans, grow your income, and get the most out of your blog. Today's episode is brought to you by my very own self-publishing 101 course. The average home cook owns almost 50 times more cookbooks that are printed than PDF cookbooks. So why are you limiting yourself with only an ebook? With the advent of print-on-demand companies like Amazon KDP and IngramSpark, it's now easier than ever to become your own publisher. But if you don't know what you're doing, you can waste not only your time, but also your money. And after publishing 15 cookbooks, including a top 10 cookbook on Amazon, I know publishing, especially self-publishing, and I want to share my expertise with you. That's where my video course comes in, stepping you through the entire publishing process so you can get your printed cookbook up for sale on Amazon without making any mistakes. You can check it out at makethatbacon.com slash publish now. Now, on to the show. As bloggers, we often are working alone and can struggle to break into new audiences, much less bring in a new source of revenue. Luckily, today's guest is the perfect person to help us out. She is the founder and owner of International Desserts Blog, a side hustle she turned into a full-time income in late 2020. She's also the organizer of the upcoming Fresh Start Cooking and Baking Giveaway. Can't wait to learn from today's guest, Kate Brubaker from International Desserts Blog. Kate, welcome to Making Bacon. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. There's a lot of things that you do that I want to dive into and I think can really benefit my audience. But first, I always like to start with what's it like around your dinner table on a typical dinner table? Yeah, well, so it's me and my husband in my house and my dinner table for the last couple of years has basically been my photography studio. So it's just pretty much covered with everything I need to do my photo shoots, which means that we have been eating dinner on our couch. <laughs> So the couch has become our dinner table. Although I have to say, we might go back to using our actual dinner table because now that my husband's no longer working from home, I have taken over his home office as my photography studio. So slowly expanding. Once you got him out of the way, you could edge into <laughs> right. his territory. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. We also eat on our couch, which is also my wife's office. So she's she's in oh. that room for like sixteen hours a day. It's uh... yes can relate to that challenge. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so we first met when you reached out about including me in your fresh start cooking and baking giveaway, your bundle. Can you talk some about what that is for people that don't know? Yeah, well, so it is a, it's a bundle of products that about, I think we have about 11 or 12 food bloggers are contributing their paid products to this bundle. And for five days in late August, the, the products will be free to anyone who signs up to access them. And so the goal is that we will all build our lists because we're going to share this bundle with all of our email lists and on social. So everybody will grow their lists without having to resort to ads. <laughs> and our communities will have access to really great products for free. What prompted the creation of putting this together? So earlier this summer, I noticed that things on my blog had kind of started slowing down and I wanted to ramp things back up. <laughs> so I wanted to increase my subscribers, uh, my email list. I also wanted to just connect with other bloggers. I had made a lot of really great connections through my other blog in my field. 
And when I started food blogging, it was just kind of a side hustle. And so when it went full time last year, I realized, you know, I don't really have any connections with other food bloggers. I don't really have a community and I missed doing kind of collaborative projects. So yeah, so it was really wanting to build my list, collaborate with other bloggers, make connections, and then always, you know, provide something of value to my audience. I think collaborating with other bloggers is something that a lot of, especially food bloggers, never think about. But it's it's something that's been a huge benefit for me running the Make It Bacon podcast is that through this, I meet a whole lot of different food bloggers and I do a lot of joint projects now. And it is so much easier to put something together with another collaborator, yeah. with a partner. And, you know, I work a lot with Megan Porta, who I think might have been the one that oh, introduced yeah. I know, us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have very different skill sets. And so finding people like that, that you can work with that can do things that you're not good at necessarily has been a huge benefit for me in general. Yeah. I can imagine it'd be great for you as well. It has been. And, you know, like looking at all the different products, it's amazing what great variety we have, but how they all really fit together. So we have some eBooks, we have some courses, we have your sous vide course, we have an instant pot course. We have a live Italian cooking class that's coming up. We have a Thai vegan or vegan Thai cooking class. We have eBooks. I have an eBook that's 25 international dessert sweets and snacks from well, actually the European. <laughs> I'm focusing on European dessert sweets and snacks in that eBook. And we have printables. Um, we have a couponing, you know, like a couponing course. So we have a really good variety and the products are just amazing. And it's been really great connecting with the other food bloggers. I mean, I've learned so much and I just enjoy connecting with people. So yeah, it's been great. For someone out there listening that's interested in connecting with some other food bloggers, how did you go through that process? Because I think that can be really intimidating if you don't have a network to start to rely on right away. Yeah, you know, at first I thought, how, who am I gonna connect with, right? Because I didn't really have any food blogger connections. But I reached out to a group that I'm in and they knew there were a few food bloggers in that group. So I just posted in the group and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this and this is what I want to do and how I want to do it. Um, does anyone want to do it with me? And so I had a few people who said yes. And then from there, I said, do you know anyone else who might want to join in? And then I asked them, like, I asked you, you know, do you know anyone else? And then that's just how I got everyone. So it kind of went like one person gave me another connection, another connection, another connection, another connection. You know, the, and the thing is, is that it was hard to describe exactly what I wanted to do, but I had seen Kate Doster do this. I had been, I had like signed up for one of her free bundles and I've done paid bundles as part of summits that I've run before. And so when I saw that she did a free bundle, I thought it just clicked. I was like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. So I was also able to say, you know, I want to do this free bundle thing. It's kind of like what Kate Doster did because I knew that some people had seen what she had done. So that clicked for people. So that made it a little bit easier. I think it's always helpful on an ask like that to be able to point to something like that, that will click for a lot of people because you don't always know. And if you're coming out of nowhere, it's definitely a little bit easier if yeah. you're like, what I'm doing is not crazy. Other people have done it. Right. You right. want to join yeah. me. Yeah. I also think the magic word or phrase there is like, do you know anyone that would also like to X? Like that's that's how I got started with the podcast. It's an interview podcast. So I've had to find, mm -hmm. you know, 75 guests or whatever to come on. And it started off with people I knew. And then I would send them an email afterwards and say, I appreciate you coming on. Do you know anyone that, you know, has information to share that'd be interested in maybe coming on the podcast? And can you send me an intro? And then yeah. just keep doing that again and again and again. <laughs> and finally it grows and you 
you can bring people in organically at that point, but that's a great way to expand your network. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, it makes reaching out to people easier because, you know, when I contact somebody and I say, hey, so-and-so gave me your name and suggested you might be a, want to be a part of this, then it just is so much easier to reach out to somebody than just being like, hi, you have no idea who I am. <laughs> you know, be part of my thing. That's what I would say. Like, I can give you an introduction. Like, it won't guarantee that anyone wants to work with you, but it will guarantee that they at least read what you have to say. And yeah. then it's yeah. up to you, but they will take you seriously. Yeah. And I have reached out to people just completely cold, you know, saying, hey, hi, I follow you on Instagram or whatever. Here's what I'd like to do. And sometimes that works out, but I do like having the connection. A little bit less stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How's the process been going so far? Is there anything that's been more challenging than you thought or anything that's gone more smoothly? Actually, it's all gone really well. And, you know, I originally thought about hosting a summit. I, I had thought about doing one in the fall. And I've hosted three before, and I know they are a tremendous amount of work. And I just wasn't sure I wanted to put that much work into a summit right now. And so especially compared to running a summit, this has been a breeze. So it's, I mean, everybody's been super great with getting all their materials to me. And yeah, the whole process has actually been gone really smoothly. Yeah, summits are definitely, especially when you get in the multi-day summits, they can be quite a challenge. Yes. We started doing a, uh, <laughs> yeah, we have our sous vide one. I mentioned uh, before we started recording that that starts Friday. So it's a three and a half day summit with several hundred people should be good, but a lot yeah. of work still, but we've been doing actually mini summits. We call them show, like showcases, which has been a lot less effort. It's two to three hours. We've been using pre-recorded video introduced, mm. like I'll yeah. MC it and it's, so it seems live. We get maybe three or four of the people that provide videos to come up afterwards for a Q&A. And so mm -hmm. we'll just pick a topic like sous vide desserts or sous vide infusions, because I'm my whole blog is, you know, sous vide cooking. Yeah. And we put it together and it's a lot less work than doing kind of, multi, you know, with a long thing or we do them for free. So it's just a list building for us and for any of our presenters. And it's a great yeah. way to kind of dip your toes into those um, summit waters without having to go kind of like all the way, which is, it's like a webinar, but a little bit, a little bit fancier than a webinar, but around there. I like that idea. I might try that at some point. I, I like these shorter events. I think I'm still recovering from the last summit I did, which was about three years ago. <laughs> so I really like the idea of doing the shorter events and, and it's fun to be able to bring people together and then have your audience ask questions and watch. I just, I really like that community aspect, especially you know, working alone all day. It's nice to have that connection and feel like you are connected to other people and to kind of learn about the people who, you know, read your, read your website and use your recipes and, you know, read your emails. <laughs> yeah, it's great getting to see, getting to know them a little bit better and especially letting them like as a blogger, you're building so much trust when they see you talking and you're actually there on video and interacting yeah. with them. You're, you're a real person, not just a random, you know, typewriter out there that's putting out recipes. Right. Yeah. So when you do those, are they like live cooking classes or are they more conversations about cooking topics? Like you said, sous vide and desserts or sous vide desserts, I guess. 
So I've done two different styles, one for Macon Bacon, which uh, Megan Porter and I have done actually a few together. That's all Mm -hmm. about, it's presentations about blogging topics. And so it's for bloggers. The exploring showcases or the the sous vide showcases are basically demos. So we ask our presenters Mm -hmm. for a a demo that's five to 20 minutes long. We will come up with our topics. Our one in August is sous vide barbecue. So we reach out and say, can you give us a pre-recorded five to 20 minute video about this topic? And we use that that to um, on the Demio platform, which is a pretty popular uh, webinar platform that works as we found it works best with pre-recorded videos than any any other platform. So we use them. And we load it all in, I get in there and I, it's like a news broadcast almost, you know, cause it's mm, all the yeah. clips are recorded, but I'm there, America's Funniest Home Videos, you know, that idea that I'm, I'm there saying live, talking to everyone, interacting, and I'm there live doing it live. And then we go, okay, and our first presenter is so-and-so, and then we play their pre-recorded video. So it's very smooth, it's showing them cooking things. Sometimes we do have people that do like a, a more of a presentation. I'm. I'm lazy when it comes to cooking. So I'm like, why don't I do a talk about sous vide times? Cause I can do that in like two hours from start to finish as opposed to several days. So we try to have a mix and we, when you do something like that, you need to have a clear mind idea in your mind of what you want. And what we wanted was more of a variety. So we, that's why we're like five to 20 minutes and some people give us 30 minutes and that's fine. And some people give us like three or four minutes and that's fine. We like having that kind of break up flow and that it's just not the exact same thing one after another yeah. and it's normally yeah. hour and a half to two hours it's pretty yeah. good and we're in and out which is nice i really like that idea i have always thought about doing something like that or this, i was thinking about this for the summit but maybe this would be a better format but i've been thinking about doing something that would highlight different desserts sweets snacks cooking styles ways of eating i don't know different things like that in different countries I'm, I'm from the field of international education, so I'm all about everything global. And I'm just fascinated by, you know, what people eat in other countries and how they eat it. And, you know, whether they eat at the dinner table or whether something's a snack or, you know, eat on a certain holiday or their traditions or customs around it. And I would love to get people together to talk about that and share. I am, I'm so interested. There's so many other countries that I want to learn about too. So maybe that would be a good format. I think when you have a strong niche like that, you get people that are passionate and that yeah. makes it so easy where if you wanted to do a, I want to do one on cooking, like that's really hard. But I know so many people that do international cooking of, of multiple types and every single one of them is so excited to share yeah. that cuisine. Yeah. I feel like that's the perfect idea that you can cold emails people and say, Hey, I'm putting together this, this mini showcase, the summit about international desserts. I saw that, like, I know your blog, I know what you do. You do a great, a lot of great things. Is there anything you would really like to share with my audience, you know, in video format? Like it's an easy ask. And most of them would be like, yeah, like a new audience for me to mm-hmm. get in front of and do video. Yeah. And then you can send out the marketing materials and stuff. It's like, if you want to share this with your audience, if you want to, you know, promote this on your own channels, please do. But like, you, you're, I think you're gonna get some really good content because you have that specific niche that people are very excited about participating in. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, I'm gonna have to think about this more. Maybe I'll do this after the bundle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, think it'd be so I know fun. you don't have enough on your plate, so. <laughs> Not quite, I need more. <laughs> Definitely need more on my plate. <laughs> so one of the other big things that you're working on that you mentioned is the, 
your activity book, the How to Christmas Like a German. Can you talk a little <laughs> bit about that book? That sounds fascinating. Yeah. So I used to live in Germany. I was a German teacher for a long time. I have a PhD in German applied linguistics. I was all about Germany for quite a long period of my life. And I went away with went away from it for a while to do intercultural training and uh, started my dessert blog a few years ago, put up some German recipes. I had fully planned on exploring the whole entire world of desserts, but my German stuff was what people really liked and the European stuff. So, and I really liked it. I mean, I just, I reconnected with all my favorite desserts and snacks and, and things like that. And so the German content on my site has been something that people have really liked and I've really liked it. So I wrote out this whole blog post about Christmas in Germany because Christmas in Germany is the best time to be in Germany. It is, it is just amazing. And um, so I wrote it all out. It did really well on Pinterest. You know, I've had a lot of people just really like it. And so I wanted to do something more with it this year. And so I decided that I would put together like an e-activity book with 20, I think I have 25 different ways that you can celebrate Christmas like a German. <laughs> there are lots of people, uh, especially in my community, who used to live in Germany or they had German grandparents or you know they have some sort of connection to Germany. And even if they can't celebrate Christmas in Germany, they wanna replicate some of these traditions at home. I do every year. I mean, I, a lot of the things that I do for Christmas are German. So, I decided to create um, this activity book. It'll be a PDF and it's going to include recipes and things that you can do to, you know, kind of feel like you're celebrating Christmas <laughs> in Germany and traditions and ways you can celebrate and how you can decorate and, you know, learn Christmas carols in German and all kinds of stuff like that. And I think I'm also going to have a pop-up Facebook group so that we can all join in together and share you know, how we're, how we're celebrating and what our Christmas decorations look like and, you know, just fun things like that and just kind of have another dimension, I guess, on celebrating um, Christmas this year. I love that approach to a, a guide. Like, I'm a huge, huge fan of solving people's problems, even if they don't necessarily realize their problems, but like mm -hmm. wanting to celebrate your German heritage, but not quite knowing how is a problem a lot of people have. And then providing that solution is so much like it's just so much more specific than like here is a a cookbook about cookies or you know cakes or desserts yeah, like yeah. that's it's very generic and broad but this is like are you german or interested in learning about german here is this and it's going to give you everything you need to know about like celebrating it and i think that's something a lot of food bloggers can look at is like how do you take ideas from your niche and like narrow in like that is such a small teeny niche and my guess is you have no problem coming up for all the content you need for it right no i sat down in about five minutes i came up with 25 different things and i thought well that's good 25 you know 25 days in december we can do that so it wasn't wasn't a problem at all no. yeah, it's, it's amazing the more you narrow down almost the easier it becomes and like you said you don't have just recipes you have carols you have activities you have all these other things that contribute to a fuller experience than just another recipe book that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to ask my German friends and then some friends that I know have lived in Germany. Some of them I've actually celebrated Christmas with in Germany. And I'm going to ask them for, you know, just like little quotes and, and to share what they love about celebrating Christmas and put them in there as well. And, you know, that's just a great thing about German. Like when I was a German teacher, I found that all my students had some sort of connection to Germany. It was either family or 
you know, usually it was family, but, or they had lived there. And there's just this, like, this connection and this kind of, like, nostalgia there. And so, yeah, so I really wanted to, you know, kind of bring that connection back into my life. What are your plans on marketing it? How are, how are you approaching it since it's not necessarily just a, a recipe guide that we're used to? Yeah, that's a good question. I've been thinking about that a lot, and I don't have any great answers right now. So if you have some answers for me, let me know. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I, one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pre-sell it because I want to make sure that my audience really does want something like this in the format that I'm, that I'm going to put it in. I think it will do well on Pinterest based on pins that I've put out previous years, but who knows, Pinterest is being weird right now, so who knows, but I think it'll do well on Pinterest. I might run ads to it, Pinterest ads, and... I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to pre-sell it to my audience. I'm going to, you know, ask them, are you interested in, in something like this? And then pre-sell it. And if I get enough um, of those pre-sale, pre-sale, pre-sales, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> then I will complete it and open up the Facebook group. I'm thinking that the Facebook group will actually be open to anyone who wants to join. And then I'll also talk about the ebook in the Facebook group so that I can continue to promote it. I'll probably think of a few other things, but that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. I like it. It's a good way to go about it and kind of get it out there in front of a lot of people. You'd mentioned the format. Is it a ebook? I'm assuming, or is it a printed? It will, or? It will yeah, it'll be a PDF ebook. Nice. It's a good way to get it out there, and they have higher profits than, uh, especially for some that's filled with activities and stuff like that. Then, as, yeah. as much of a self publisher yeah. as I am, I. I can respect ebooks that are solving a very specific topic like that. I think that's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've done Kindle books. I have a Kindle book on Amazon. I have a hard copy book that I've written and I've done PDFs. And so I like all three, but I think for this one, I think people would really like to be able to just get it instantly and print it out. So they have the recipes and they have the, you know, all the other activities and there might be even, I'm looking at some things that they can even cut out and kind of fold and put together, you know, as decorations. So I think, I think they'll like that in that format. It's a little like origami type stuff to make. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really. I found some, I found um, some really interesting things like that. Yeah. yeah. It's so much fun when you have that small niche. I know uh, I've talked a few times to Gina from intentional hospitality and she does mm -hmm. a lot of stuff around the masters golf tournament and it's how to celebrate the masters and does a lot of like party favors and activities. And mm -hmm. it's all in that yeah. very specific you know, event. And I think that's everyone's homework out there. Think about what, what, how small can you go in your niche and come up with an activity that a lot of people are interested in and put a product yeah. out around that. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I had thought about doing was including a box, like a subscription box and just doing a one-off. And I don't think I'm going to do that for this year. I think that's a little bit too much. And I want to make sure that this topic is one that people want and will, will pay for but maybe I'll do that next year. So I thought of a lot of really fun things that they could get in a box. And I thought it'd be so fun to open up, you know, right around Christmas time, you get this box and you open it up and you get, you know, some different things in there that relate to celebrating Christmas in Germany. I, I think that'd be fun. Maybe next year. I think I'm, a, I'm always saying, you know, start small. And I think that's a yeah. great idea is like, start with the pre-sale, see if people are interested. If they are, put that out you know, market it, see how much you can push it. And if there's a lot of interest in that, then like next year, what's that next step? Is it, you know, working with a few different suppliers to ship out boxes to everyone? Like, is it partnering with, there's gotta be German food distributors and stuff like that, or 
I mean, I'm in New York City and there's a lot of like little German shops that have a lot of, you know, can you partner with someone like that and say like, I'll bring in the people if you like cover the yeah. the food costs so we can split whatever comes in. Like, I think it's a great idea to start small and continue to like snowball that into things that could make sense down the road. Yeah. And then with this ebook and the group, I can see where people are asking, you know, where can I get this? Where can I get that? And that would give me some ideas for next year. I know you do a ton of different things and you use Airtable to organize it. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about how you use Airtable? I've been in there once or twice. A lot of people I know and respect talk about how amazing it is, but I'm, I don't fully comprehend what all it can do. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about it. Yeah. So I'll preface this by saying I'm not a naturally organized person at all. Like I, I can relate really to that. hard at it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I work so hard at it. So I tried all sorts of systems. I had binders and printables and folders in OneDrive, and I had Asana, and I had Trello, and I had all these different things, you know, Evernote. I've tried everything. And I just really couldn't stay organized until I started using Airtable. And I used it about, I started using it about three years ago. And up until fall of 2020, so just, you know, seven months, eight months ago, I was using Airtable in the simplest way possible. I had one base and I had a whole bunch of folders within that base. So it's kind of like having an Excel spreadsheet with a whole bunch of tabs. And I had everything for my business in that one base and in all those tabs. So I had financial, blog content, social media, affiliates, I mean, everything. And then I started putting my to-do list in there and my daily schedule and notes. And it just kind of grew from there. And now I have bases for different projects. So I have one for the free bundle. I have one for the Christmas Like a German. I have a, a meal planning product. And so I have a, you know, a base for that. I have a base for financial. I mean, now I have like different bases and then tabs within each of those bases for different parts of my business. And there's so many great things that you can do with it. It's it's like an Excel spreadsheet, but it's cleaner. You can't break it. I feel like whenever I use Excel, <laughs> I do something weird and I break it all the time. So you can't really break it. Just, it's prettier. I like that there's some colors. It just looks more visually appealing. And I feel like I can just organize things better, but everything is in one place. You know, I can upload PDFs. I can link within Airtable. I can link to things that I have in Google, like, you know, Google Drive. And I find that I don't really have to have things in four or five different places like I did before. So I just go to Airtable and then I can find everything that I need. I'm not trying to remember, is it here? Is it there? Where is it? And I also have forms. So like for the free bundle, I had every, I set up a form that just went right into my um, free bundle base and everybody just submitted all of their information about the products through that form. And then I just have everything in the table and it's just, it's just so, so easy. Some of us needed reminding more than once to fill out the form. I was one of those. <laughs> it's like, do you have everything you need? You're like, you didn't fill out the form. I was like, oh no, no, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm usually harassing that haven't done the form yet. Yeah, it's no problem. And you use it for your, did you say your content calendar as well to keep track of like what content's coming up? Yeah, I have one for my newsletters. I have one for blog content. And so I keep track of everything related to my blog content now. And I have three different sites. So it's nice to be able to have all of my content for all of my websites in the same place. And 
and I track a lot of information about each blog post on each site. And so I've set up these different views so that I can, I can see all my content for all my sites at once, or I can click on a view for like the dessert blog, and then I can see just the content for that blog. And then I've also set it up where I can see all my drafts, everything that needs to be updated, everything that's been recently updated. You know, like I can just very quickly view those views, they call them views, and just see all of my information presented in different ways. And yeah, it's just, it keeps me, it keeps me sane, it keeps me organized. It is fantastic. You talked about tracking a lot of different information for each of your posts. What information uh, do you think is most valuable that people might not be tracking already? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I track, hmm, I have to kind of think about that. I'm trying to remember what, what's in there. I feel like I track everything. I track keywords. I track the last time I updated it. I make notes about like what I've updated or what I need to update. I track the uh, opt-in that I have. Gosh, I, I mean, I track so many different things and sometimes I'll start tracking and then I'll be like, yeah, I don't need to track this. And then I just <laughs> delete it. I have to actually look in my system to see what else I track. I don't think there's anything that's really important. I don't know. I feel like I just kind of track the, the stuff that everyone tracks. <laughs> I don't I know. It's <laughs> a good question. And you've put together a course for Airtable, right? For people that are interested in kind of figuring out more and maybe applying this, you know, to their own blogs, cleaning up their own lives a little bit. Well, I don't have a course yet. Maybe, maybe at some point. I have a meal planning system, like recipe organizer and meal planning system that I've created in Airtable. And I, I do have a video, like a video just kind of showing how I use it. Because I found that a lot of people have heard about Airtable and it either really clicks for some people, like the people I know who use it, they sound like me, <laughs> you know, they're like, I love Airtable. But then there are a lot of other people who've heard about it or maybe they've looked at it and they just don't really know much about it or it looks difficult, you know, or it lo just looks complicated or something. So I have a very short video that just shows how I use it just to give somebody who's kind of wondering what it is, just like kind of a peek inside and to see how it looks and what you can do with it. Nice. And I will make sure I put the link to that in the show notes so everyone can check it out. What do you think the biggest benefit of using Airtable has been? I think that it's, it's familiar, you know, it's like an Excel spreadsheet, so it's familiar, so it's easy to start using it. But it has all these other options, like the views to be able to sort your, sort your information in different ways and be able to kind of sort things. So you just see pieces of your information and not everything at one time. The forms are really helpful. For people who like Trello, there's an option where you can set up a view where you have Trello. Like I have my weekly schedule, my ideal <laughs> weekly schedule. I have that mapped out in kind of a Trello thing so I can move things around. So I think that it's, it's having the options to use it as you want to. I always felt really constrained by other project management systems 
you know, it just didn't work the way I wanted it to. And so I feel like with Airtable, I can set it up exactly how I want it. And I really, really like that. <laughs> and I, I think the other benefit is that you can literally have your entire business in one place. You can also share bases. So I share bases with contractors that I work with and other collaborators. And then you can do like live sharing. You can also access it on your laptop and your iPad and your phone. So I do a lot of things on my laptop, but when I'm at the grocery store, I'll pull up my meal, my meal plan and my grocery list, for example, I pull that up on my phone. So I like being able to, you know, use it from different devices. Well, I might have to look into this there. I'm in enough different things and collaborating with enough people that I feel like half my emails are, where is this document that I can no longer find? Or what's this mm -hmm. person's email address? I don't know where it is. And, um, if I did it in Airtable, it would probably be a lot easier to find. And my, yeah. my partners would be less frustrated with me. <laughs> you know, I really have found just doing this, the free bundle in Airtable. I, I have found that I, every day that I go in there, I'm like, I am so glad I set it up this way. And I didn't have people email me or, you know, put it in a Google sheet where I forget what folder it's in or, you know, whatever. It's just, I'm in Airtable every single day and I know I have a little base setup. I have a color code. I have a you know label on it. And so I just go in there and everything is there. And then I can share it with other people if they want to access, access it as well. The one other thing that I'll mention is that it, it was really easy to get started. Like I said, I used one base and I had a whole bunch of tabs in one place for like two and a half years. And that was enough for me. I didn't really have any connections. I used it as a very simple spreadsheet. And so you can go very simple with it and then you can expand your use. You know, like it will grow. It's like all those features are there for when you want them. So you can, as your business grows and as your, your needs grow, then Airtable will accommodate that. That sounds like something I definitely need to check out. And for more on Kate, you can head to International Desserts blog for all of her great dessert recipes. You can uh, keep your eyes open for the Fresh Start Cooking and Baking giveaway. I will be sharing it on all my social, and I'm sure Kate will be as well. And also keep your eyes peeled for the Christmas in Germany activity book. That's coming out. A lot of great stuff. Kate, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise with us. Okay, thank you so much for having me. This has been Making Bacon. We're all about helping you serve your fans, grow your income, and get the most out of your blog. Until next time, I'm Jason Logston.